talking about David. I've called, entitled the message this morning, Recovery Mission, Taking Back What Has Been Stolen. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Now you need to remember that Ziklag was where David and his mighty men were, they had settled. They were in the Philistine country because they were hiding away from Saul. If you remember, Saul was the insanely jealous king who wanted to kill David. Was, every time he heard where David might be hiding, he would take off with thousands of men to go after this little 600 uh, men band of, of warriors. He, time after time, you know the story in the cave of Adullam in the camp when Saul was sleeping and David snuck up in the middle of the camp and took his spear and his water bottle right from where he was sleeping and over and over again he sent the message I mean you no harm I will never touch the Lord's anointed David was a man David was a man after God's own heart he loved God let me tell you something the enemy is not going to he can't be reasoned with logic the enemy does not respond to your good intentions well, that was for free put that on the side it's a bonus here he is in Ziklag he's there he's being loyal to the Philistine country because he's living there hiding out far away from from where Israel was so that maybe Saul would leave him alone and up to this point Saul had indeed left him alone but now the Philistines have turned on him the Amalekites more particularly and while they are going to try to fight battles and be loyal to the Philistines for letting them live in their country, they come back to Ziklag. They've found that it's been attacked, invaded by the Amalekites, and burned it with fire. And had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Mm -mm, have you ever been there? When you couldn't cry another tear, you were as sad as you could possibly be, broken as broken as you could be. And there was just seemingly all, all your dreams, all your life, everything is just dead. And David's two wives, Ahinoam and Jezreelitus, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. He had anxiety, stressed out, anxious. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. They were literally turning on each other. They were so overwhelmed with grief. Every man... For his sons and daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Oh, let us learn some powerful lessons today from Ziklag. And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod, the priestly garments, here to me. Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? He waited. God answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. 
Now here's, here's what's interesting for us today in the time that we have. And I'm going to try to get to it and I'm going to try to run through this. But here's the word of the Lord to you and I. The Lord gave this word. So understand that what I just read to you, that the Lord is speaking into the hearts and lives of every man, woman, boy, and girl that's here today. Pursue. For you shall surely overtake your enemy and without fail, everything that has been stolen from you, from your family, your children, your house, your church, everything you shall without fail recover all. Amen. You better get ready. You better get ready. How many of you believe it already? If you believe it already, we're halfway there. How many of you are declaring it? I'm declaring the word of God over my family, over my life, over my church. Amen. If you'll do that, we'll get halfway there real fast. You'll, you'll preach a lot. You'll shout, amen. You'll run the aisles. It'll be great. We'll get out of here in no time. You'll get to Frisius just in time. So David went, he and 600 men who were with him and came to the brook Basar where, they, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued, and he and 400 men for 200 stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Basar. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate, and let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? And he said, I'm a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. How many of you know the devil will take you as far as he can take you? And when he's done with you, he'll just leave you. We made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. What? You? And David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And I'll take you down to this troop. His breakthrough. And when he had brought him down, they were there, spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled, scaredy cats. So David recovered all. Say that with me. So David recovered all. That the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking. Either small or great. Sons or daughters. Spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks and herds. They had driven before those other livestock. And said this is David's spoil. How many of you know you're not only going to get what, what was yours. But God is going to give you more than yours. He's going to come back with a double portion. Lord, I ask your blessings on the word of God. Touch us this morning in the minutes we have. May I share only what you have given me to share today. And may it challenge and touch us and change us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated.
can tell you there's a word of God for someone in this house this morning, and you need to listen closely. We don't need, you don't need a word from me, you need a word from God. I know that I know what that's about, and I'm not up here to, to be cute and come up with cute little sayings and a sweet little message. I'm up here today, and I'm believing with all my heart. I have already wrestled this through, and thank God for victory that I'm coming to bring you a word. You have been robbed, but today is about recovery. It's time to get what has been taken from you. The Bible says that the thief comes except for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, I know we hear that a lot. It's something we quote a lot. It's on plaques in people's homes. It's there always in our face. But you need to hear it like you've never heard it before. Because the thief, the enemy, the false teachers and false prophets, it meant the wolves, the hirelings, all those people that come out of the woodwork to deceive families and friends and children and houses and lands and preachers and teachers, all those enemies. The Bible says they all are included in this thief comment right here. But how many of you know the ultimate thief, the ultimate end of it all is the enemy himself, the devil, who comes and uses all of those people as tools. It says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more Abundantly. Can I just say something to start this all off with? Now, this is going to put everybody in the same box. If you are not living life to the full, if you are not living life abundantly, then something has been stolen from you. Now, you're going to have to think about it for a minute. I'll let you think while I'm preaching. If you are not living the life that Jesus Christ has promised you in his word, if he said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, how many of you have ever been under attack of the enemy? You felt the evil of this world, the influence of this world. You felt the attack on your job, on your family, on your church, on, on life in general, your physical health. You found an attack. Let me see one more time. We know. Okay. If that's the truth, then the word is also true that says, but I have come that they might have life and have more than life, more than you need. If you are not living life to the full, then you've been robbed. Something has been stolen from you. That puts us all in the same boat. Perhaps you were walking by faith, but now you're living in fear. You've been robbed. If, you've been, if you're discouraged over your circumstances and your prayers have waned down and gotten weak, then you have been stolen from. If the word was ever spoken over your life, a promise was given to you and you held on to it for a long time, but somehow it has faded away into nothing and you have forgotten about it or stuck it away somewhere in a drawer and you haven't thought about it in a long time, let me tell you, you've been robbed. The valuable possession of your children, they're suffering and they, even though you raised them in the faith and they're lost this morning, if that's the case, then there is a thief that has broken into your house and it's time for you to go and get what he's stolen from you. You need to say amen a lot. I need to know you're hearing me today because this is a word from the Lord. It's time for the children of God to stop just going to church and be the church. It's time for us to start understanding the power that comes in being a child of God and quit leaning on some ridiculous arm of religion. It's time for you and I to become sons and daughters of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit and making a difference every step that we take. Amen. 
I'm believing we're going to see some mighty stuff. You, you're filled with anxiety. You've been robbed of peace. That the promise of God, he, he whose mind has stayed on me will live in peace. You got this promise as if all through the word of God for peace, peace, peace. And you're living in anxiety and depression and, and you're discouraged and you're going through this battle. Hey, it's not wrong to go through it. It's just wrong to stay there. It's time for you to understand you've been robbed. Anger controls your mind. Everybody's afraid to talk to you. Everybody's afraid to be around you. You've been robbed. You've been stolen. Some, something has come and stole right out of your house. The, the love and the kind of attitude that you should have. Unforgiveness has made you bitter. It has robbed you blind. You have no peace of mind and it's been taken from you. Disappointment has scarred you and left you beaten down. And you've lost your courage. Favor has been lost and attacks on your victory is there. You've been suffering all these things. Instead of it being a consistent prayer request, it needs to start being a testimony of God's un unfailing love and power in your life to help you to overcome. I see it everywhere I go. More particularly over the last week as I've been preparing this message and it's been speaking into my life and into my heart. I've been watching people I've been watching people in the church, I've been watching people on the streets, I've been watching strangers I don't know, and here's what I've come to a conclusion about. There are a lot of folks walking around that have been robbed. A lot of people, stolen joy, stolen peace, stolen praise in churches. That's why I'm, I'm challenging you this morning. We ought to remember and understand the Bible when it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise Him in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him on the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him on the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. We need not to forget. We owe Him. Woo! We owe him praise in the house this morning. We owe it to him. We owe the Lord praise. The enemy's stolen it from the church. And as pastor of this church, I declare this will be a house of praise. This will be a house of hallelujahs and glory to God. This will be a house that will honor the presence of Almighty God. You believe that? Say amen. Thank you. That was good. I like that. I'm pretty pumped up. I told you, Mr. Rogers in a Pentecostal suit today. Stolen rest. People can't sleep. Insomnia. Stolen victory. You're walking around and you're carrying the weight of the world. You've got a bundle of rocks on your back everywhere you go. You live in defeat. You come up and you, you look, you're standing in the prayer lines and your face is like this and you're just so sad and everything's lonely and you're all just bent down and we're covered up with all these problems and all these things. Let me tell you, it's time to shake, rattle, and roll. It's time to get up and let God empower the church to be the church of the living God. He's called us to more. He's called us to more. Just got back from a concert where I, Angie and I were flew down. We were flown down to uh, Oklahoma, and, and we Whitney uh, Jones, her her mom and dad, are were putting on a concert down there. And we've all made associations, and they wanted all of us to come down there, and we helped to host this concert. And Angie walked out, you know, and she's just looking like a million dollars. And I'm the pastor, so I was told, "You pray, you shine." <laughs> she shined, I prayed. We got to the end of that thing, and Josh Wilson, if you don't know him, a powerful artist, a Christian artist, just packs out arenas everywhere. Couldn't believe the people lined up into the parking lot to see this young man. I listened to his music, and, but better than that, I got to know him. What I found out about him was he was a young man. He's rising. 
in, in the charts and God's using him and influence and music and, and he's got this great fan base and people that are trusting him and his music and what he writes. But he let us know the whole, the whole concert was centered on. Mickey Laramore had, had it laid on her heart that there were people that were going through anxieties, that were going through depression and discouragement, fears. She wanted this young man because she had heard about his testimony. And I got to know him and I couldn't believe where he had come from. He had been paralyzed by fear, been paralyzed by panic attacks. And he had been full of anxiety and just wrestled and almost couldn't function at all in his life. But God, but God delivered him and turned him around. The power of the Holy Spirit got a hold of him. And he wrote a beautiful song. And that song, inside of that song, was healing for him. And he sang it at the concert. And people were just going crazy. And after it was all over, we had, the word had gone out that there were anyone dealing with depression, anyone dealing with anxiety, anybody dealing with these fears, come to this concert and hear this grand testimony of a young man who came out and was on the other side of it. Oh, we need more testimonies. We need more victorious testimonies. And I'm telling you, the people that were lined up in the altar, the people that were going through anxiety, the people that were suicidal, the people that were having all kinds of feelings and couldn't get free from the bondages of things, addictions and all kinds of things, they were all there in the altars. And we prayed with them forever. And I saw it. And I looked into the faces of so many others who didn't come down. People that were on the streets for lunch the next day or people in the airport as I was flying home and people on the streets of Middletown. When I got home, I kept looking at all the faces around me and all I could think of was the People need the Lord. People need the Lord. They don't need a politician. I'm going to say that again. Get your eyes off of the world to be your answer. That is not the answer. The answer is in Jesus Christ. There's not going to be any super duper anybody walk up and change the world. That's not going to happen because it already took place at Calvary 2,000 years ago when Jesus gave up the ghost and said, it is finished. That's the answer. That's the answer. That's the hope for the United States of America. Thank you, Lord. Nobody likes a thief. Nobody likes a thief. Even thieves don't like thieves. Whenever you want to move into a new neighborhood, the first thing you want to know is, what's the crime rate? Most people we know, everybody in here, you've got some means of protection. You've got a burglar alarm at your house. You got it all set up. I went down through my neighborhood this morning as I was coming to church. I was looking at every yard where that little reflective sign was in one yard after another. Everybody's protecting themselves. Nobody likes a thief. Iron gates on doors. Motion sensor lights all over the house. A baseball bat on the side of your bed. A hammer under your pillow. We're protecting ourselves. But yet so many times we're real good about protecting the natural. But we are not very good about protecting the spiritual. 
the supernatural in our lives. We let the enemy run over us with a pickup truck. We let him take advantage of us. We are ignorant to his devices, even though Paul said we weren't. We are in this last day. We've become cold and indifferent, and we see God as nothing more than some Bible on a shelf somewhere and some kooky Christian sitting around there having to go to church early on Sunday morning. Let me tell you something. It's time for somebody to shake themselves, speak one more time to themselves and stir up that gift that's inside you to remember we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's time to understand the enemy has robbed you blind. You don't even see it. You say, what are you talking about? Oh, the saddest thing in the world is when you've been robbed and you don't even know it. I've had things taken from me and I, re- I didn't realize it till weeks later. And I'm like, what in the world? I didn't even see that coming. We were in, uh, on a mission trip to Romania, to Oridia, Romania, where we built the medical care facility there in Oridia. There was a team of us that went to Romania, and we were there. And we went, one of the things we did was we took a, a day, you know, like anybody would. We took one day on the mission trip and stopped in Rome, Italy. Everybody does that, right? But we did. It was fun. We saw the Colosseum. We ate real pizza. I like Cousin Vinny's better. <laughs> but we worked all over the town. We, were, we got on the subway. Our whole team got on, got on the subway, and, and we were there. And I believe Larry Ford's out there, isn't he? <laughs> there he is, Larry and Russ Terrell and several guys. I don't even know how many. We're all standing there, and we kept looking at these signs in the subway. It says, watch pickpockets, watch pickpockets. Everywhere you go, signs standing at the, at the station, watch pickpockets. Had it in every language. It was like everybody on the earth was trying to warn us. We got in the subway, and we're all laughing. We're taking pictures, and we're videoing, and we're just, oh. Somebody says, hey, guys, watch your pockets. Watch pick, pickpockets. All of a sudden, everybody kept, oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Larry, he lost his wallet. Russ lost his wallet. Several other people lost their wallet. We didn't know how that happened. Everybody kept saying, how in the world did that happen? And Russ said, I had it in my front pocket. There's no way that they could have got in there and take that, but they did. They just, they found a way. These pickpockets were relentless. They were all over the place. From that moment forward, we were like an armed guard. We were like, I'm looking at some little old lady carrying a baguette of bread, and I'm like, you little thief, you watch yourself. <laughs> Robbed and didn't even know it. Pickpockets can get inside your jacket. They can take the wristwatch off your arm. They can get in any pocket you got, and they'll take it, and you won't even know it. That's what the enemy's done to the church. That's what the enemy's done to Christians, the body of Christ. He's come in and stolen a bunch of things. And I'm getting a vision of it. I'm getting a view of it, Brian. And I'm determined that we're, we're going to go back into that enemy's camp. We're not going to take the loss. We're going to go back like David did with Ziklag. And we're going to go back and we're going to find them. Because I believe the Lord is speaking to the church and saying, pursue and you will recover all. Pursue and you're going to recover your children. You're going to recover your loss. You're going to cover all the valuables and the things the enemy's stolen. As a pastor, I'm 
praying, God, give us back the power. Give us back praise. Give us back the Holy Ghost. Give us back the Lord's work in the church and in the kingdom one more time. Like Samson said, move on us, God. One more time. That's why when we were singing that song, Breathe on Me, I couldn't understand. Well, you don't know what was inside me, so how could you possibly know? But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, God, don't they understand? We're saying, Lord, breathe on me. I mean, we ought to have been all slain in the floor. We all ought to have been on our feet prostrate. We all ought to have been standing in the presence of God saying, oh, Lord, breathe on me. And then expecting a move of God in the middle of it to where the fire falls. I'm going back and getting the fire. I'm going back and get the praise. Don't you ever get dry and all dulled up in your pew. You're gonna make, you, that makes God sick and it makes your pastor sick. I don't, want to, I don't want that. I want somebody who says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want someone who says, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Enter his courts with praise. I want a church. I want to, if I'm a pastor and it's my season, I'm not Robert Graham. I'm not Lane Sargent. I'm not D.A. Biggs. I'm not any of those great men of God that once pastored this church. But this is my season. This is my hour where I've been called. And I'm telling you, I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. But I know where to get it. I know where the anointing comes from. I know where the Holy Ghost, it gives me the empowerment. And I am raw. Shut out of my yende. Hallelujah. I know where it comes from this morning. And I'm determined that we'll be a church on fire. I'm determined that before the trumpet sounds, there'll be another sound as of a rushing mighty wind that fills the house where we are gathered on Sunday. I told you I feel it. I'm feeling this. Tired of weakness in the body of Christ. Tired of laziness in the body of Christ. Tired of coldness in the body of Christ. Tired of distraction in the body of Christ. I'm tired of a body of believers saying they've got Jesus in their heart and they're living like the devil on Monday. I'm tired of seeing the falsity and the hypocrisy of the body of Christ. It's time for us to go and get what's been stolen from us. <laughs> Hallelujah. People need the Lord. Anxiety robs the peace of the Lord. No joy, no love, no peace. No faith. If you don't have life to the full, then the enemy's holding on to something that belongs to you. David gave us this beautiful, he didn't, the God gave it. But the story that David gives us here, the words that come, the, the truth that's in this for us, it helps us to understand what we do to go get the treasures. And I don't know what it is. Like I said, it's a, it's a, a word you receive. It's, it's a calling that you are no longer in. It's, it's a revelation that came to you. It's a, a word spoken over you. It's, it's sickness that's attacked you. It's something that has robbed your faith. It's something that has touched your life. I don't care what it is. You have been robbed and the enemy comes to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus comes to give it back. To give it back. How many of you determined, I'm going to get it back? I'm going to get it back. We, you know, people want to change their theology to meet their circumstances. Uh-uh. My theology is going to meet the expectation of God's word. 
And God's word is filled with one promise after another about how we are the head and not the tail. That we're above and not beneath. That we are, we are part of the body of Christ. We're part of the family of God. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That we're covered by the blood. Protected by the blood. More than an overcomer through the blood. That we belong to him. We've been grafted into the vine. And if I abide in him and his words abide in me, I shall ask what I will and it shall be done. We need to know. He says if you ask. If you seek, knock. If you, if you ask, seek, and knock, you will. The door will be opened unto you. These truths, we need to once more time go and take them back from the enemy that has said, no, he doesn't hear me. No, he's not there. No, the Lord isn't answering my prayer. He's forgotten me. He's forsaken me. He has left me. I'm alone. My prayers don't go any higher than the ceiling. All of that is a lie, 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 lie from the enemy. That is not truth. Don't you speak those lies ever again. You start talking confidence. You start talking courage. You start acting like David and you get yourself an empowerment by the Holy Spirit to walk out of every trouble you find yourself in. Doesn't matter where it's at. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35, therefore do not cast away your confidence. Listen. Listen. Therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward for you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God you may receive the promise. Thank you. We're getting it. 1 Samuel 30 and 1. We see several things here that we need to understand. I'm out of breath. David's in Ziklag. They want to, they want to stone him. He, he's been there. He's hiding from from Saul. He shouldn't have been doing that, but he, that's another story. He's afraid of man. He was afraid of his troubles. He was living in fear. He was living in anxious, as it says he was anxious. He was stressed, distressed. Here he is trying to please the enemy, the Philistines. He once stood in defiance of them, and now he's fighting for them, living and hiding out in Ziklag. He goes thinking it's all going to be okay if he just appeases the bad guys. He comes to find out his house has been robbed. His family's been taken and everything that he thought was safe is no longer safe. There are some troubles in our life that come to break the child of God. The enemy wants to do nothing more than to break you. But you, we've got to learn some lessons that we see from David. The first thing we learn is this. What do we need to know in order to get our recovery? What do we need to know? And boy, I don't have time to cover them all. We'll just do it very quickly. First of all, know this. The enemy works hard to make the situation look worse than it really is. They imagined the worst. They imagine it's, it paralyzes us. It stops us dead in our tracks. We get 
we get encumbered by the fear that strikes us when we see the trouble in front of us. It's bigger than we thought. They thought that they were, his families were dead. He thought that cities had, the city had been burnt. Every house was completely destroyed and in ashes. And his families were all gone. All the men grieved and wept until they couldn't weep anymore. Because they knew their families had been killed. The women had been raped and the children had been abducted. And there was all kinds of terror that had happened. They thought the very worst. And that's what the enemy does. We very full, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and carnal things and things that exalt themselves up against the knowledge of God we got to understand imagination is of the devil he loves to use your imagination you don't trust in imagination you cast that down and you take on the knowledge of what you know that you know that you know about God and know that he is not going to lead you into that situation to the worst could not did not happen in that situation and I guarantee you it's not happening in yours they thought they were dead. The things you think in your life that are dead right now, they're not. They've just been captured, and it's time for you to go back and get them. It's time for you to go after what's been stolen from you. This is the tactic of the enemy. The Lord is so good at hiding, disguising victory in the midst of our defeats, if you'll pay attention. The enemy, in the middle of your defeat, in the middle of your trouble, in the middle of your trial, there will be a disguised victory if you'll look for it because he promises the child of God will always come through. So there's never a reason for us to look to the wayward side or to feel defeated or to lay down in all these feelings of, of depression and sadness. We can't do that. We've got to understand. We've got to be in a place where we trust God and his word completely. God is, is the master of taking a defeated situation and bringing victory out of it. You know the greatest example of this in the whole world is the cross. If you go to the cross, you look at that and you see the enemy dancing all around that thing. And all the demons in hell are happy. All the disciples have taken off running. And all of the children of, of God are, lay, are sitting back and they're all weeping. And they're all done. And Jesus says, it is finished. And he gives up the ghost and dies. And the Roman soldiers are all out there laughing and joking and casting lots for all of his clothes and all of his things. When all of a sudden, hell begins to tremble. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there is a, a, a Savior placed in a tomb. But that was just the doorway to go down into the very pit of hell where he took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Came back with what the enemy had stolen and brought it back. And now you need to understand, he set that example for you as a child of God to get on your guard and to stay on fire for the Lord and to go back into that enemy camp, into the very gate of hell if we have to, to go to get the things the enemy has stolen from us. I love what Brother Watkins said one time. He said he looked at his son, one of his sons who had gone kind of wayward and said, Dad, I don't believe what you believe anymore. I don't believe what you preached all these years. And Brother Watkins got up right in his face, looked at him and said, boy, I will follow you all the way into the gate of hell if I have to. I'm going to snatch you right out of the hand of the devil. We've got to have some determination. We've got to have a decision in our faith that's set up long before the enemy comes knocking. That though he come, he may come in like a flood, but the Lord will always lift up a standard against him. Our victory is hidden sometimes in our defeat. So we've got to understand that we've got to go after what the enemy has taken from us. The pain is real. 
Number two, the pain is real. We understand the pain that we go through, the hurt. It says David and his men, they wept until they could weep no more. I understand the hurt. I understand the valley of weeping. I understand the trouble. I know it hurts and there's wounding in these situations we go through. I'm not saying that you ought to be so tough that you don't cry anymore. Stay tender. Stay humble. Stay broken before the Lord. But understand this, don't stay there very long. You and I got a promise in God's word. He says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the pestilence, perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Does anybody believe the word of God today? Do you believe that this is the truth of Almighty God? If you dwell in the secret place, you'll find victory. So you can't stay in the sad place very long. The sad place is where you'll get feel isolated, where you'll slump down in a chair and you'll feel sorry for yourself. And an old demon called self-pity will come in there and sit down in the ashes with you and he'll stroke your hair and tell you how pitiful you are and how sad everything is and how everybody's against you. Don't you buy into that lie. You get out of that sad place and run to the secret place because the Lord knows in that secret place is where you will find the victory that he's promised you. What's the scripture say? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weep through your dark night. Weep and cry over the hardships. But then you get up and you wash your face and you put on your clothes and you go to the house of God. And when the song starts, you lift up your hand and you praise him like David did. You praise him and you honor him and you scream out like he did. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. When you understand and know the power of Almighty God, that's for you, for your husband, for your wife, for your children, and your children's children. It's for anyone who understands and knows the promises of God or for you, for me. We must learn not to allow the isolation, sadness, and the wounding of our trials to distract us. We've got to stay in, in the midst of understanding and knowing that we have got to be empowered, put on the armor of God to go and get the things. David didn't stay there. He didn't sit down. He got up. He challenged. He first went to the Lord. That is the number one thing you've got to do. I don't have an answer for you all the time. I might be anointed to give you a word of knowledge. That's okay. The word of God will always lead you and guide you. You understand the way it works, but you need to understand what David did there. Now, David was a warrior, a fighter, a battle. He was a king. He was somebody that when he saw all that destruction in Ziklag, by every means, he should have turned around and said, come on, boys, let's grab our CCWs and let's get out there and let's go, let's go get some tail. Let's go, let's go burn people up. Let's go do whatever we got to do. Let's fight and let's go get our families. He would have been a fighter. He could have been a battler. But in that moment, it says that David knew better than to do that. He didn't want to move outside of what God was telling him to do. So it says he went and inquired of the Lord. He asked the Lord, he said, what 
should I do? My family's gone. My house is gone. The men hate me and are turning on me to stone me. Should we pursue? And the same word that came to David is a word that comes to us this morning. Pursue them. Pursue them. And know that I will give you back everything you lost. Without fail, he says, you shall recover all. And then you move on in the next verse and it says, and David recovered Anxiety, depression, discouragement, a lost calling, ministry, family, sons, daughters who are lost. I'm going to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Took back. In the name of Jesus Christ, when the word comes to you, the word is your weapon. And if the word, my Lord, that came back at me. That came back in power. The word of God is your weapon for the warfare. It is your weapon to go right into the enemy's camp. It said David went straight down there. And amazing, the strategy of how God's going to do it is different for every situation and for everybody. But isn't it amazing that David had to pass one little small test of his humbleness, his brokenness. He, he got over there to the to the creek at the Basar Creek there and, and he's there and he sees this soldier laying on the side of the road nearly dead and he nurses him back to help and tells them to feed him and give him water and when he does he says where are you from? He didn't know where he's from. Where are you from? I'm from Egypt. I'm part of the Amalekites. Really? Yeah and we just came through we've just been plummaging we've just been tearing villages apart and we even burnt down Ziklag. Oh really? I bet that boy didn't realize what he'd said when he looked up and realized who he was talking to. David's breakthrough. David's breakthrough came through his kindness to the enemy. I don't know how God will work it out. But see, that's the difference between reacting in your own wisdom Fighting the supernatural with the natural as opposed to fighting with the wisdom and the anointing of God. In the anointing of God, you'll win every single time. Your victories, your answers to prayer will always be yes when you pray according to the will of God. When you and I understand the power that God wants to charge the church with, and we are delivered already. Because you see, we're not praying for victory. Stop praying for victory. Somebody, somebody's going to quote that on Twitter and say, our pastor said, stop praying for victory. You know why? You know why I say that? Because we're not praying for victory. We're praying from victory. We already have it. So we go into that camp. It isn't about robbing the enemy. 
It's about going and getting back what belongs to you. There are some treasurable things, stand with me, that belong to you. Some things that have been, there's a word, I feel like somebody was given a promise years ago, and you've had this promise, and it's faded away to nothing, and you feel like it's worthless, and you've given up on that. You've laid it down, and you've just let it die, and you've moved on, but I'm telling you, God's word will never come back void, even a word spoken over you, and the enemy has stolen that from you. He's taken that from you. And I want you to know that God has given a word that says you're ready to recover all that's been stolen from you. You've got family situations. You've got trouble in the house. You've got situations that you've got to get through. Let me tell you, the enemy has gone down for the last time. He may have plummaged your house. He may be trying to burn it down. He may be trying to discard you and your entire family. But understand this. God says, I will help you. You recover all. The enemy, the addictions of this life, drugs and alcohol may have destroyed every hope you had of a future. But understand, even though David thought they were all dead, God was speaking life. He didn't even know that the dead things were not dead after all. They were just captured. Your potential's been captured. Your future's been captured by these things that have tried to affect you. But it's time to shake that off and to get in the power of God, march right into that enemy's camp and say, give me back my destiny. Give me back my future. Give me back my life, and I'm taking it by force. You got an amen in here today? Mm. For I call you out today to trust me. I call upon you to look and know every promise that I have given is yours and it is sure. I will not fail you, says the Lord. You must trust in my name. You must trust in the power that I have over your circumstances. Know that I have given the word. Know that I have prepared and planned ahead for you. And you need only walk in the strength I will give you starting now. Trust in me. Lean hard on my promises. And know that I, the God of Israel, I, the God of Jacob, I, the God of your faith, will rise up in great strength to provide for you. I have your victory, says the Lord. You will walk in it and you shall celebrate, says the Lord. Praise me and trust my name. Hallelujah. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. David encouraged himself, and I'm asking this morning for you to do the same. With every head bowed and every eye closed. David got the word on his victory, and you have the word on yours. It's time to release into your situation the word of God. 
listen to that again. It is time for you to release into your situation the word of God. And as you obey him and as you do this, breakthrough is coming to your house. I'm asking this morning if there's anyone who would say, I feel like I've lost some things. I feel like I'm, I'm the one, I'm one of many that you might be talking to. I feel like I've lost some things through the years, maybe recently, maybe over years. But I believe the Lord has given me a word that I'm going after the things that have been stolen from my family. Provision from my family. Restoration from my family. Salvation from my family. Salvation over my loved ones and my children. You've got a ministry that you gave up, a calling that you've walked away from. You've prayed prayers for many years and finally stopped praying because you felt like it's over. There's no hope. I'm telling you, the Lord is saying, pursue. Pursue. And you will without fail overtake them and recover all. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Who would say, that's me, Pastor? Lift your hand as high as you can. That's me. I want to recover all the enemies tried to steal. Oh, it's almost everyone. Hands are up everywhere. Thank you for responding to the Holy Spirit. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to get out in your aisles. Get out in the aisles and meet me in the altar as quickly as you can. We got time. They'll wait on you at the restaurant. Let's just... Get down to the altar as quickly as we can. If you lifted your hand or if you're someone who wants to pray with someone who's coming, would you just slip out right now and meet us in this altar as quickly as you can? Thank you, Jesus. Give me something. Well, I went to the enemy's and I took back what he stole from me. And took back what he stole from me. Oh, took back. Why don't you lift your hands right where you are? Just lift up a hand to God. The power of the Holy Spirit is here. I want our ministers and other prayer warriors, if you will, to slip into the altar and begin to lay hands on folks that are around you in the altar. We're agreeing with you right now. Oh, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Pray with me. Took back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's tent and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. 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 Satan is under my feet.